Previously on Unpacked. I get offered orange juice. At this time, I haven't started drinking. And that's the last thing I remember. She said to me, I don't know if you know, but you were raped. And she said to me, listen, I just wanted to tell you that what happened to you is very shameful. This is something you should never mention to anyone ever again. Sally Dumisa was gang raped when she was 17 years old. This is part two of her story. Let's unpack. say that you didn't, you know, you stopped going to school at some point. Did the school know what happened? The principal did. Mm. Yeah. And what was, what, what became of the formal arrangement? Was it that you went back but decided it was too much or you hadn't actually gone back to school at all and it stayed that way? I didn't go back to school, but she was so amazing to me because she would check on me and mm. try see if I could do some work. But at this point, I don't want anything to do with anything. Mm. Um, yeah. They tried to have me go back. I think I did it a bit. And then were, the school was like, you need to get therapy with mm. us. Um, I can't really explain a lot of the decisions I made then. But around between not having my mom there physically, because my mom only came back a month after the rape mm. happened. And just me having to deal holistically with everything that has happened, I, I wasn't functioning. Mm. And with the detective having coming back and giving me all the details, saying, okay, so yeah, we found this, we found that. They took pictures of the crime scene. Mm. Um, I looked at two or three photos and then I just couldn't. Mm. Um, and then they confirmed that... So based on what we found, it's five five guys. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. They found a, somebody else's belt at the mm. scene as well. Mm. Um, and then he asked me about the two guys out of the five that I knew. Mm. Um, and I mean, I had a really strong, strong case. Mm. I was scared. I had so much fear. I think more than anything, not knowing the why, I was like, what if they decide to come back and finish what they started? I don't even know why I was the target to start with. Mm. So I didn't want to go to court and sit and have to tell my story again and maybe they're there. Um, at this point, I didn't even know if the person I went with had something to do with it. Uh, it's just, there was a lot going on in my mind and the only thing I wanted was just to be alone. Did she engage with you at all? Never. So she basically disappeared I never, from that point. I, I never. She never. She never came to my house mm. to check if I'm okay. She never. Never nothing. About three years ago, I sent her an email and I said, "I need closure. I've started my healing journey. I need you to give me closure as to what happened on that day." Mm. And then she sent me an email back and she said, "Listen." It's not something we can talk about on email. Um, I'll give you a call and we'll go to lunch and talk about it till today. She still hasn't given you a call. Yeah, but I, I'm okay now. Mm. I don't want that closure from her. I gave myself closure. Um, Be before you get to that, um, you, you had 
mentioned that mom only came home a month later. How did she get the news broken to her? My sister. Mm. But that was also an experience and a half because for my mom took it in another way. They had a family meeting and um, my mom gaslighted me out of the whole situation. Wow. In what way? She made it, she felt like it was an attack on her not being there. Um, yeah. My mom made it about her. That's heavy. Yeah. I, 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 that's when I lost it. Um, my mom made it about her. My other sisters, I'm the last born out of six girls. Mm. My other sisters, by all means, I were like, okay, what do we do? How do we solve? My mom couldn't handle it. Um, till to this day, there's a huge part of her that is not willing to fully take it in mm. because somehow she feels like it was negligence on her side. So what are some of the things that she'd say that you say she was gaslighting you. Where were you going? What were you wearing? Like, what is, like, you, you couldn't have chosen a better time to, like... Yeah. And what was your response to... Nothing. Nothing. In, in, in fact... At that moment, I'll never forget it, sitting in the lounge in that family meeting, I made a, a made, a made a mental note and I was like, she's no different to so-and-so's mother who called me. That's what I was going to ask you yes. is, did she reinforce the words yes. that yes. the other mother said? Yeah. So to me, every female, except for my sister, that I had encountered had not validated me. None of them said to me, I'm sorry. And it's not that I wanted somebody to say, oh, we could have kept you safe. Mm. Just acknowledge, I'm sorry this happened to you. What can we do to help? What are you going through? None of those questions are asked. So every other female that had, uh, that was older than me, made it about themselves. I think that is the heaviest part of your story. Um, many people will judge women that don't pursue rape cases, yes. not realizing the dynamics that go on behind the scenes because it requires so much of your yourself that your spirits need to be in a certain place you require a lot of support behind you and not like a once-off, are you okay, what do you need? Continuously for you to gather the little bit of yourself that wasn't broken to go and, and speak up for yourself so that those that have caused you such harm can um, have justice meted on them. It is a pity that, you know, your mother... Um, was not in your corner the way that you needed her to be. Was she, or let me make it present tense, because what happened to you was about 60, 15, 16 years ago. Mm. Is she yet aware that 
she was not providing for you the support that you needed? I think now she is. Um, because what ha- what ended up happening is I've after that, I never had the greatest relationship with my mom. Mm. In fact, I carried so much hate mm. that other people couldn't understand. Oh, and again, it was one of those things like we don't talk about it outside. It stays here in the family. That's what you were told? Yeah. So other family members couldn't understand why I just can't stand my mom and why we're not getting along. People couldn't understand why I was behaving the way I was. I shaved my hair completely. I refused to have long hair. I wore baggy clothes. Mm. I wore hoodies in midsummer. Mm. Nobody took the time to just ask, like, what's going on? Mm. It was our little secret to keep. And I don't know whose secret it is because this happened to me. Who was in the family meeting? My mom and my sisters. Whew, it's a lot. Yeah, it is. It is. And what's amazing is it's what I went through is a story of so many women. Mm. You know, you, 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 you're, you're a victim to such a horrific thing and you still keep getting victimized by other women. Mm. And not just other women, the ones that yep. are supposed to be protecting you. Yeah. Um, so you went through... I'm assuming, a very dark time in your life after that. Yep. What was, you know, because you stopped going to school, mm-hmm. what were you filling your days with? So I, I didn't go to school for like a couple of months within that year mm. of the rape. And you were grade 11 or grade 12? Grade 11. Mm. Um, but my principal managed to get into my head Mm. And she's and she said like she would come to my house and and that's one of the females that actually mm. forced me to, you know. And she was like, if anything, don't give them the satisfaction of even robbing you of an education. Mm. So she was like, do you want to come stay with me? Maybe. Mm. So she took me in, and every day, school. When she goes to school, I go to school, mm. and. Yeah, and that's how I managed to actually finish school. And funny enough, because of that support from her, I didn't know this, but I only found this out when I started doing therapy, that I had completely disassociated. Mm. I, wasn't, I wasn't there anymore, but I managed to matriculate and not just matriculate, but I matriculated head girl even. Mm. Um, and I'd like for us, just so the viewers can understand, what dissociation is. Yeah. What what do you mean when you say you had dissociated? So at some point after the rape, I decided that I didn't want to live. Dissociation is when you check out of yourself. Mm. Um, there's different types of disassociation. People disassociate differently. In my case, I was like, I don't want to be me anymore. I'm not going to be me. And I left and somebody else stepped in or... As in, as in specifically psychologically yes. and emotionally yes. in the case of yourself. Yes. yes. So um, would you say doing something like shaving your head was a part of that yes. removing yourself yes. from yourself? I stopped being me. I, I wouldn't relate to even conversations that would hint at anything that was the old me. Mm. I was somebody else. I possibly could have even given myself another name. Wow. I hated, I hated me. Mm. Um, I would look at myself in the mirror and 
five minutes into it, can't look at myself. Mm. Mm. Because I didn't know who the person was that was standing in front of me. What was happening with the case? So the case kept going, but now they can't take it to court without me mm. being there. And this is where the detective would like come every single day, beg, knock for hours, and we wouldn't open. Eventually, he told my sister, look, if when she feels she's ready, all of that is waiting for her and she can pursue the case. Had they already identified the five people? They had identified the four. And the fifth one they didn't know? They couldn't find him. When we say identify, meaning they know where they are, they know everything about them, all of that. The the fifth, they couldn't find Mm. uh, where the person was, but they knew name based Mm. from hearing from the other. But they couldn't arrest them or do anything unless I was like, I'm opening it. I'm fully going on forward with this. I understand why you were not going forward. Mm. Share for our viewers why you were not going forward. Um, for me, they had already done the most to me. Mm. And when they explained to me what would happen, I was scared. As in in court? Yes. And what did they explain? They explained that I would have to get up and tell what I remembered. And the first thing I asked them is, are they going to be there? Mm. And they said, yes. I said, no. Not going. Mm. For you can miss me. And it was, I didn't want to. I, I was scared. And I didn't want to, I was scared. I didn't know if they were going to kill me. Um, and the shame. Every person I had encountered up until that moment had made me feel like there was something I had done to contribute to that situation. Mm. So me sitting in court how many people are going to think like that? Where was she going? How many people are going to think, what was she wearing? Mind you, I was wearing a jean. So I didn't want that. Mm. I was like, you know what? Maybe she is right. Mm. This is shameful. Keep quiet. Life goes on. Mm. So whew, you finished school. Mm. And what, what happens with your life after that? So I finished school and I haven't dealt and addressed any of these issues. And um, my matric final, I was writing my matric finals. Um, The one morning I wake up and somebody from our building runs up and meets me outside my house and is like, did you hear so-and-so jumped off the building? One of the guys that I know, I told you that I, I know them and so they were informed me. So generally there were few people that word had traveled around mm. about me. So she was like, did you hear so-and-so jumped out of the building? They killed themselves. I just fell and I cried. As in one of your rapists mm. killed himself. Mm. I cried. I cried because... That's the first time I felt validated by the death of my rapist. I was like, okay, (laughs) he knows what he did. So that is the first time I felt validated in my rape. There's a part of me, I'm going to be honest, that 
believes that justice will meet met out somehow, yeah. even if you don't see it or no. hear about it. I believe in the rules of karma. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel a sense of relief on your behalf. Yeah, me even too. Even though I can understand why that moment for you must be so emotional. Yo, yo. Like I'm saying, that is the first time I got validated. That's the first time. Is there a part of you that thinks he took the easy way out, like not having a day in court, not going to prison? That answer I think I got when the second guy committed suicide. Mm. So both of the guys that I knew out of that whole incident committed suicide. Wow. Um, when he committed suicide, he had managed to even confide in his sister. And um, so she came and had a conversation with me. And she said, this is what some of the stuff that he said. Was she a stranger to you at the time? Yes. So just talk us through this random person coming to approach you and talk so to you. So you need to understand, we, the two that I knew, we all lived in the same area mm. in Hillborough. Mm. And so when all of that happened, word did get around that so-and-so got raped. Um, the sister, however, was part of an FTS group that we were doing, which is like a church thing because our church was not far from my house and whatever. So I think that's how, but I didn't know her personally. Mm. I was too young. I mean, mm. she's way older than me. But I was definitely shocked when I got a knock at the door and they were like, somebody's here to see you. Mm. She came in and she cried for a bit. Mm. Yeah, I'm like, okay, what's going on? And she was like, no, I'm so-and-so. I'm so-and-so's sister. And he committed suicide. But before, he had had conversations with me briefly. He never told me stuff in detail, mm. but he mentioned something that has to do with you. And... So that was the second time I got validated. What did he mention? Um, he said to her, look, something like this happened at a place in Germiston. Mm. And he was part of something. She, she, he never said exactly, mm. but he said, I was part of something that I'm not proud of. You got your second validation and how did that make you feel? At that point, I was like, okay. Okay. Mm. Okay, I, I, maybe I can do this. Mm. At this point, I'm suffering severe anxiety. I'm heavily depressed. Probably tried to commit suicide about three, four times. Mm. Um, suffer from severe migraines. I'm deaf in my left ear because one of the injuries they hit, the rock they hit me with um, injured me so badly that it ruptured my eardrum. Mm. Um, I think at that point then I was just like, okay, at least, at least. Because every day I would walk out of my house and face the public. It was, that's why I would wear hoodies. It was those two that bothered me the most. Because I know them and they knew me. Mm. And I don't know where they were. I, I, I didn't know if they were keeping tabs on me. And for the fact that I still could see their faces every single day tormented me. So, Did you ever bump into them? Afterwards? Yes. No. I never went out much. And partially because I was scared of that. And because I didn't want to bump into the lady that I went. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
So let's fast forward to, you know, you eventually decide to create a new life for yourself. What was that like? So imagine your body's hijacked and somebody else lives there. And then one day, literally, like one day, I was standing at Gandhi Square and my disassociation, I just came back too. Mm. I was like, jeepers, like, what's, who am I? What's going on with me? And I fell apart. Mm. Um, I dropped. On, did, did something trigger that? I don't know if something triggered it, but at that point I was at the, my anxiety was at its peak. Okay, okay. Um, I fell. Mm. People asked me, what's my name? I didn't remember my name, my surname, none of that. I was rushed mm. to hospital and I was put in a psych ward. Mm. It was at that point I realized, okay, I need to address my issues. or Like I need to address my rape and find a way forward. And when I was in the psych ward, they tried, but still I wasn't willing to sort of open up and work it out. Um, up until I met an amazing woman who would become my therapist. Mm. And we started tackling things little by little. One of the methods she used with me was exposure therapy, mm. where she tried to bring back a lot of the memories. So she would, it, it would, she would lower the arousal of those triggers when they do come back. Mm. I mean, at that point, my, my anxiety was so bad that if I got an anxiety attack, I would shut down, close my eye. I couldn't do anything. I'd crawl under a desk, mm. a bed, anything. Mm. Um, and at this time, I was a heavy drinker. Mm. That was how I was dealing and coping. Mm. So when I started doing the therapy, I started sort of opening the parts that I hadn't opened or spoken about. Mm. But I think the true change came for me. Um, I was sitting at this time I was working, now I'm working mm. and I was in the education uh, faculty mm. and I was sitting with a young lady who I'm supposed to be interviewing for the school and she breaks down. So I'm like, what's wrong? And then she tells me that she's been raped. Mm. I didn't think it would trigger me. Mm. Oh, <laughs> I went back. I went back into it. And yeah, I think it was at that moment I realized that I didn't I don't want to be I wanted to be the woman the woman that all the other women that I never had. Mm. So I know all the women that were in my life and how they didn't validate my what I went through, how mm. I was gaslit. So I wanted to be that woman for other women. And I was like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. And I quit my job. Wow. Yeah. And the amazing thing is that I found in every story, every rape story, I find myself. Mm. Um, there's, I find healing, find peace. Mm. In that process, I've also forgiven a lot of people, not for them, for my own sanity because I was insane, literally, by the acts of other people. Um, I was living my life hoping that somebody was going to say, look, sorry that this happened. I'm sorry I did this to you. Mm. And it was never coming. 
And when I started my journey to forgiving, I understood that I mattered. And letting go of what I went through wasn't because it, it's not, it didn't mean anything to me. It's just too heavy to carry around. Mm. And the only time it comes back up is in helping somebody else, mm. not as a, a crutch for me in any way. Mm. I always say, yes, my rapist did the most to me. But it was everybody else that came in afterwards that added a stone to keep breaking further. And that is, and now with the work that I do, that's what I find is the most common thread. Mm. Rape survivors all say the same thing. I'm scared no one's going to believe me. Mm. Because the immediate family and the people around us keep gaslighting and they victimize the victim further. Mm. You know, I, I had a situation where a young lady went to the police station and the police said, do you know where the suspect lives? And mm. she said, no. Mm. She said, come back when you know where he lives. Wow. So now they're putting the responsibility on her. Mm. You relocated to KZN. Mm -hmm. Was that part of your healing journey? Yes. <laughs> um, I, love, I love the ocean. I'm extremely passionate about anything that has to do with the ocean. And as well... I found that there are a lot of cases in KZN of young children that don't have access to gender-based violence material or safe houses, mm. for that matter. And relocating for me was just like, I want to be close to two things that I love, the ocean and children. Mm. So, mm. yeah, I'm completely happy. <laughs> and where are you in terms of your, the relationship with your mother at the moment? Oh, me and my mom are good now. Mm. Yeah. Um, I had to learn that, unfortunately, my mother's also a product of trauma. Mm. And because she's also a product of trauma, she's only doing what she knows. Mm. Unlike me, who has access now to therapy and counseling and working through, my mom is in no way, no position to unpack things that happened to me. My mom is 86. Mm. There's no way she can unpack things that happened to her at 20, 19, mm. or even as a young adult. I forgave. I love her dearly. I'm only given so much time with her left in this life. Mm. I don't want to waste it. Um, I have no grudges whatsoever. It took a lot. It took a lot. It, it takes a lot to, to forgive somebody who's never given you an apology. Mm. But I had to do it for myself. Mm. All of this I did for myself. Not for anybody else, not for my mom, not for my siblings. I did this for myself. The so-and-so person who was with you on that day, mm. have you forgiven her? And um, if she did reach out, would you have a conversation with her? You know, I'll, let me just tell you, the, when you talk about like obsessing about something, mm. There was a time I would go to her, to her social media pages and just look at her pictures. And this was a part of me hoping, you know, longing for closure, longing for an explanation. And then also anger sometimes because I'd be like, but God, her life is moving on. Like nothing her happened. Mm. I'm like, how? Now, 
Yes, I've forgiven her. <laughs> Completely, wholeheartedly. Do I want to have that sit down again? No. Mm. I don't need it. It's not going to serve me. Mm. Um, it doesn't fit into who I am. Yes, the person that was raped on that day died. That Sally was left in the felt. Mm. The Sally that I am now, mm. no, no. There's no need. Um, she will, we all have to answer mm. to our higher self at some point. Mm. And she'll have that. Mm. I'm not the judge of that. I don't want to be the judge of that. Mm. I'm not there for that. I just pray that it's not something, I, I haven't left something mm. open to put other women at risk as well. Mm. But I with the work that I do, I try all the time to educate young ladies about the importance of checking your friends, mm. you know. Don't just say, oh, mganwami. How? How many cases have I encountered of young ladies going to functions, events, not knowing that the, the female friend they have has put a price tag on their head and they get there and they get raped because they didn't know that they were part of the bargaining deal. Mm. And this is the reality of the kind of society we live in. Yeah, so mm. she became an important instrument in my healing. Mm. Mm. In terms of emotionally, mm. where are you today? Oh, man, I went from being depressed to... I mean, I don't even take depression tools and, and pills anymore. So I'm not depressed anymore. I still have anxiety, but it's not on that level. Mm. Um, I do non, non-medical stuff to just calm my anxiety. I'm good. I'm happy. I'm at peace. I love what I do. Mm. I love working with people. Um, I'm, I'm happy. Mm. Um, and that happiness isn't because those wounds are co- like don't exist. Mm. I'm happy because I found... It was the fact that that happened to me. I had to ask myself why. Mm. And when I asked why, I found me. And mm. I found a voice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. As in it brought you, much as it was such an unfortunate thing that happened to you, mm. it brought you to your calling. Yep. Mm. 110%. Mm. I'm so happy to hear of where you are today. Mm. And I know there are women who are watching that are 10 steps behind at a place where you used to be, mm. what would you want to say to those women? Number one, I'm sorry. Mm. Because I wanted to hear that. I'm sorry that when that happened to you. Mm. And there is life after rape. Mm. And it's okay if people don't understand what's going on with you. Because a lot of the time, trauma like that causes us to act out in different ways. Mm. It's okay. There is life after rape. Mm. There are people that are, there are organizations and people that you can reach out to to talk mm. to, but it's not something you should kill yourself over. Mm. And if there is any rape survivor that is coming from a similar situation like mine in terms of family, it doesn't, it doesn't mean because your family doesn't validate you that your rape experience didn't happen. Mm you still are loved and you're amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you so much for coming to talk Thank to us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing your story. Definitely. Much as you are where you are today, I acknowledge and completely appreciate that every time you have to relive this moment, sure. it, it is still a weight for you to carry. And I appreciate that you felt it important enough to come and to share your story with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. To all of the survivors of this horrendous crime, we see you. We see you, we see you, and we believe you. And we are so, so sorry that that is something that has happened to you. And I'd like to say to all of you that your value did not change because somebody else treated you the way that they did. And I hope that you don't carry the burden of the shame, the guilt of I shouldn't have been here or I shouldn't have done that. You didn't do this to yourself. You didn't choose this to happen to you. Somebody else chose to do that to you and they should carry the burden and not you. Thank you so much for watching. Have a good night. Next time on Unpacked. I never thought people would be so cruel. I wanted to tell my parents so bad, be like, something is going on. With young people, there's a certain level of ignorance. I just don't understand why you should be mean to the next person mm -hmm. because they are different. Was there a point before you being in the hospital that you had actively tried to take your own life? Many times, mm -hmm. many times. for watching Unpacked with Rilebukhile Mamoja. Make sure you subscribe to my channel where you can get to watch more episodes. But more importantly, you can be part of our online community. Comment down below, share with us who you'd like to see on the show, what story you'd like us to discuss. We love engaging with you. Keep it coming and don't forget to subscribe.